the Batchy Boys are doing group chef kisses. The remaining eight are getting spun around in the newest version of Challenge Trivia. Troy survives an all-time elimination beatdown and borderline attempted murder by Conrad. And Kiki cuts that G-string right off because it's time for the final, baby. It's the Challenge Australia episodes 9 and 10, a.k.a. the finale recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. I'm still saying MTV's The Challenge. I've just gone all the way back to it. I know, obviously, even today, we're here to talk about The Challenge Australia on some network that I've never even heard of because I don't live in Australia, but I just, you know, there's something, that little bit of nostalgia in me. I've got to say MTV's, so we'll see if we can get that out. But we are here today to talk Challenge Australia, episodes 9 and 10, a.k.a. the finale. We've been covering the full season long over the last couple weeks here. We've been encouraging you to watch right along with with us it seems like it does seem like at least based on who's you know listening to this particular podcast the the number of people who've maybe picked this show up over here in the states later down the line of the season has gone up a little bit so that's wonderful to see and if you got friends in your life challenge friends in your life who haven't been watching australia tell them to go watch because we get the ending of the season here it was a pretty good ending as far as the last couple episodes which sometimes can be all not that much of the part we're actually interested in or entertained by in a challenge house these were actually pretty good it's a lot to talk about i've looked forward to it so go tell your friends who haven't watched it yet to go ahead and do so and then if you don't mind send them over this way to listen to the podcast recaps as well and maybe encourage them to hit you know follow subscribe downloads five star reviews all those kinds of things you should encourage them to do all of that but we are here to talk about australia the end of the episode before we do quick programming reminders today is a double finale day because yes this podcast is coming out on a saturday versus a friday like it was originally maybe scheduled to but some things happened so now it's coming out on a saturday same day as the survivor finale recap me and my good friend Paige over on the most likely to podcast feed uh if you're a survivor fan if you watch Survivor, if you've been listening at all to those recaps we've been doing, um, you might be pretty upset. A lot of people are pretty upset with the end of the Survivor finale. And while I wish that someone else maybe would have won, I was rooting for some different people. I will say, spoiler for that podcast with Paige, you're going to hear two people disagree a bit about uh, I may be in the minority of thinking the right person when it got down to the final three, the person who played the best game of those three won. So go listen to that if you're not totally offended now already that I've even said that little bit about Survivor. That finale recaps out today. On Monday on this podcast feed, we will do another final quick Australia season award season recap podcast. It will not be the massive, massive thing that sometimes the season recaps are, but I decided that this season deserves its own season recap and award podcast separate from this podcast we're recording and you're listening to right now about recapping the last two episodes. So that'll be Monday. Rider dies on Wednesday night. And then next Friday, a little Christmas episode that isn't Christmas themed at all. It's just coming out the day before Christmas. Top cast members and MVPs of the first 20 seasons to try to finally finish that rewatch recap mini series to end the year here. So that's what's coming up. As for what's coming up right now, today, in this moment, the podcast you are listening to, Australia, episode nine, episode 10, the final two episodes, winner's crowned. Let's talk about it all starting now. For our storylines segment here, we, or segments, there will be maybe a couple here. We'll split it up a little, but we're just going to walk through the two episodes because you know, we're really just talking about a daily and elimination and a final, which is why I had already said, you know, sometimes the last one to two episodes of the season aren't all that interesting because most of the fan base and even myself here who loves the competition side, the sports side of things, we come for the early parts of the season, the middle parts of the season where there's still a lot of people left. There's a lot of different drama. There's a lot of just who's going to do this, who's going to do what, how is this going to act, whatever. And once you kind of get to the end, it's just really watching the sport for the last, you know, episode and a half here, which 
I'm goodbye. And when it's good, the best versions of it can still be really great and entertaining and thrilling and exciting when you don't know who's going to win. And I think this is a pretty good version of that. But some people tune out for the ends of the season and just kind of look up the spoils like, who won? Okay, good. Moving on. Uh, not us. And hopefully not you if you're listening to this. So we're going to walk through these two episodes, but it's really just kind of walking through the the different you know events of the episode pre daily we'll start just a couple comments that everything episode nine pre daily challenge Troy is now the target so it turns out something we already knew to be true is confirmed as true the Batchy boys are intelligent human beings they understand who their threats are at what times and Troy is now the de facto target of we got to get him out if they're giving us a chance to get one more person out before the final it needs to be him so Batchy boys plus Connor who is a batchy boy at this point in time as the leader of that alliance. We talked all about that last podcast, but they're smart. Troy's the target and Kiki on the other side, who's been beaten down over the last couple of daily challenges and eliminations. And just, you know, she's had this back issue going for a few episodes. She calls her boyfriend. She says she needs to go to the hospital. That's how bad it is, which, um, wow. Uh, if it's that bad, then, you know, we'll touch on this again at the very end, because if you're listening to this, I guess I'm guessing, you know, where the end of these two episodes is and who the winners are. But wow, if she needs to go to the hospital and hangs in there and does what she does over the next episode and a half, that's very impressive. But one way or the other, she is definitely in some pain, definitely hurt. And as we'll find out, she's not being given all that many painkillers either, but at least some maybe. So we all get all that, but then we go to the daily challenge. The daily challenge is trivia. They saved it for last. They, you know, they stick to the true challenge script. They can't do a season of the challenge, even in a new country, new cast, new everything, except for, you know, the games and stuff that five other seasons are all using at the same time and locations and all that. But mostly new, can't do a challenge without doing trivia. So they do trivia and a pretty fun version of it. I actually, I really like they add in the element of like, Normally, it's, you know, most traditionally at this point, stand over a height. You know, you're going to be dropped off the side of a building. You're going to be dropped 30 feet into water. And that adds the little fear factor and the pressure and, you know, makes it fun. I like that they switch it up. And this one is like, we're going to spin you around. It's just going to be miserable. You're going to be miserable. You might want to vomit. I'm very surprised that no one does end up vomiting because they're spinning around for a pretty good while. And you are allowed to quit. You're allowed to give up if you're like, this is miserable and I don't want to be doing this and I feel okay. So I kind of like that element that they went with something different. I think we're about to see this exact same thing happen on Ride or Dies this next week um, in episode 11 or 12 or whatever episode they're on of Ride or Dies. So we're going to get to see it again. The only thing about it was, and this is going to be, you know, the American in me uh, here that needs to be more empathetic to all of the international fans of the flagship challenge show, which I now very much am. The shoe is on the other foot. And I got to say, trivia is not as fun when you're not from the place that most of the trivia questions are being asked about. There was a lot of like Australian focused questions, which obviously makes perfect sense and is how it should very well be. But uh, I did realize that, man, that probably is a bummer for all of our beloved international fans of the flagship series here in the States that, yeah, like trivia isn't the the thing that it isn't quite as fun when like you're not as locked tuned into like the questions or able to know like how hard is this should i be laughing should i not be laughing whatever so uh shout out to all the international fans for you know being okay with the fact that trivia is like the de facto the defining daily challenge of a challenge season and i never really fully grasped that it's really awesome, really fun for all of us here in the States, but there's a lot of fans all around the world of this wonderful television program. And so the, maybe that, you know, the premier daily challenge isn't as great for all of you. So it was fun, but I was left a little like, I don't know which ones of these should be funny, which ones are embarrassing, which one's not. The only one I know that was for sure is what's a hemisphere. That was the one true standout moment of like, you need at least one of those in a trivia of someone willingly like knowing I just maybe gave a dumb answer and I'll willingly double down. I know this is being recorded and filmed. So like, I'll just kind of say something silly and they do. They ask the what's a hemisphere a couple times over Kiki and Connor get the win, a very important win. They save themselves from definitely getting called out. Fair or not, as well as they have done all season, as much winning as they had done all season, if they didn't win this daily challenge, I think whoever loses of the other three teams 
is going to ask for Kiki and Connor to go against. And I think whoever wins of the other three teams is going to be willing to probably maybe give them Kiki and Connor because again, they had won plenty enough in the season. Like they were now threats as well. Um, and so they wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been, you know, that big of an argument to be like, Oh, well, like we want to put like, if Troy would have won and he would have been like, I want to put Kieran and Conrad to, or against each other because I want to get like a solid competitor out of it. But like, well, like Connor's on equal footing with them, if not above them at this point. So like, he wouldn't have thought that way. So I think one way or the other Kiki and Connor were going in if they didn't win flat out, undeniably same with Troy and Brooke J I guess really, or yeah, who was Troy's partner in this one? Yeah, whoever Troy's partner was. Brittany, Brittany, of course. Uh, unless, of course, if it was Kieran got last and Conrad got first, then, you know, things maybe both of those couldn't have been true. But anyways, the point I'm trying to make, Kiki and Connor saved themselves from getting called out. Fair or not. And it's all thanks to Kiki. Kiki's getting it done. She knows a male honeybee's called a drone. She knows the Sahara is the biggest desert in the world. She knows the femur is the longest bone. And that is clutch. She gets three questions right that everyone else seemingly probably would have got wrong. Uh, maybe the Sahara, I guess, was a fairly easy enough-ish. Uh, but, you know, the other two, pretty difficult, especially the honeybee one. That one was the most shocking, correct, and, like, confidently correct answer of the entire thing. And I love when trivia is actually one by someone instead of just last to lose by someone, which often happens where like no one's really like getting a bunch of stuff right. Or the person that won, like got the two super easy questions that it was just kind of luck of the draw. No. And this one, Kiki absolutely won this event for her and Connor straight up. No doubt about it. So you love seeing that. Then we go back to the house and at the house it's decision time. And before they make the decisions, they get a really nice looking dinner really nice setup looks like legitimately nice food and yet again i'm here to say it seems like the challenge usa got absolutely screwed because you know we'll see what the uk and argentina versions of this season look like but uh so far rider dies and challenge australia look like they got the definite the better housing situation and the better like food and living standard situation over challenge usa and it looks like there may have been a bit of a gap and that really pisses me off because it burns so many bridges with so many great possible cast members from the challenge usa anyways i digress let's talk about the decision that was made here which isn't really a decision they they don't they have two teams to pick from they're kind of equal footing you know with them and they choose conrad and brooke j the only interesting thing about it is we find out that uh or they choose conrad and brooke b excuse me it was really i'm it was really hard to do the Brooke J, Brooke B thing, especially when they became four people left. Like, can they just both be Brooke and you know who I'm talking about at which point, which they will be here in a moment because one of them does go home. But Conrad and Brooke B are chosen because Connor says out of nowhere, him and Brooke J are like absolute best friends and like he could never go against her, which um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I missed that. I don't, I don't really, didn't really pick up on that. Uh, maybe it was just something he said to like, be like, we have to give some sort of reason why we picked them over you. So it is what it is. It's Conrad and Brooke. And we head off to the elimination where, wow, 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 wow. Absolutely incredible. Holy shit. We have not, I don't want to say we haven't had one like this in like a while, but I'm trying to even think on the last couple of seasons of the flagship, uh, it didn't happen at all on, you know, challenge USA, all of those, the headbangers on that, that season were pretty kind of like made us feel bad and a bummer. Um, honestly, uh, especially, yeah, all of them really, um, ride or dies so far. We haven't had like an awesome headbanger and, you know, thinking back spies, lies and allies and double agents. Uh, I'm probably forgetting one, but maybe not. I don't know. But this one, Holy shit. They're, they're doing pole wrestle. So they really saved the best for last year or the, the best and second best, because as you know, I think not so fast is the best elimination, but is also perfectly placed as the first elimination of a season, which they've been doing. So really enjoyed that. So they nailed it. Trivia for the daily pole wrestle for the finale elimination. And it's not pole wrestle. It's pato ball. And it's uh, whatever they, ex uh, you know, they explain whatever it is Bryony does. And I don't know what a pato is. I'm not, again, not from there. Maybe it had some relevance that I just don't know because I'm not from there. But regardless, for our sake, it's a ball 
It's about uh, size-wise. It's smaller than a volleyball, but larger than a softball. I think it's like, I would say it's actually halfway between those two objects. So it's about that big of a ball with six handles strapped around the outside. And it leads to an even more brutal pole wrestle than a pole does. When they do the pole, or when, especially when they up it to the X, um, the or the ring, but the, specifically the X in the pole, really, it can get really, really brutal because, you know, you can get, like, shoved in the side with the X. You can get your hands wrapped around the wrong way or whatever, but it's, it's kind of conducive to, like, you're doing those things, having those really bad moments is just you're going to let go or you're not going to be able to hold on. Handles are the most brutal of all because they're the easiest to like hold on to in weird positions and still like have your hand in there. It's the easiest to get wedged in the wrong way and be like, I would like to let go right now. Cause my hand and wrist and arm are about to break. But like, now I can't cause I'm like stuck in here. It's also a ball with the handles on it. So as we see, when you can land on top of it, it can do its own kind of damage. It can be used against you as like a weapon against your opponent. So it's an intense version. We know from the start it's going to be intense. I love that when they walk out, it's empty. It's, the ball's not even in the middle. It's just empty, empty. And we had, I believe, Brooke Jay's the one who's like, you know, there's nothing there. We kind of know from the, the you know, watching the actual version of the show that what this might mean. And yeah, it means pole wrestle. We get it. And look, shout out to Brittany and Brooke. They have a really good, solid fight. For a 2-0 victory on Brittany's side, it's still it's a really good fight. It is won quickly, but not easily. Brittany just gets the proper position. She uses her size to then, once she has that top position, can hold Brooke's arms down. She uses her side to just, like, my arms are longer than your arms. I can get it out here to the end, and eventually you'll kind of have to let go. So she wins. It's a good fight. It's a good matchup. If that was a one-on-one -on -one elimination, it was just them, I would have been like, hey, that was a really solid elimination, really good. But it's nothing compared to Conrad versus Troy because holy – just wow. I I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to just go there and say it uh, right from the start. Like this is a literal bloodbath, and the thing I'm going to say right from the start – I think this is the most brutal pole wrestle we have ever seen. I think this is the most like scary. How are these people not like severely hurt? I'm fearing for their lives. This is painful to watch yet thrilling and exhilarating to watch. And I should say from up top, they also both seem to be like into it and bought in and they're totally comfortable and cool with what they have to do here and what the end result is going to be, which is always a key. And one of the things we did talk about during the USA season of like, that's when the kind of bad side of the headbangers is when it's like, not everyone wants to be signing up for that. They're really hopeful they can avoid that and do the rest of the season that they want to sign up for, but not that. And so it's good that we got two people who are into it. And yeah, I think this might be the most brutal pole wrestle ever, like more brutal than Joss versus Derek was pretty brutal. And by pretty brutal, I mean absolutely mind-bendingly brutal. And what a match that was. And there was lots of throwing around. There was Letarian versus Ace in All-Stars 1, where, you know, Ace gets slammed in the ground over and over and over before dropping. And, like, that was painful to watch. But it was also a lot quicker version of what we see here. There was Susie and Kimberly with, you know, the rope version on Ruins. And then Johnny and Dunbar in the same one in the rain with the rope you know, iconic eliminations for sure and very painful and brutal. And the rope ones even more just kind of like this ball, like leads to some real dangerous spots where like you could wrap it around a neck or an arm or whatever. But uh, more than even like Jordan versus Fessy, which wasn't a very, you know, uh, was over very quickly, but like Jordan gets really, really hurt multiple times in that elimination. So like more than all those, more than any of them I can really think of. And maybe I'm wrong and maybe, you know, I'll go back and examine and I'll come back to you with a final answer. But this shit is insane. Like Conrad beats the living crap out of Troy. And, you know, the first time he picks him full up to his shoulder height, which Conrad's like a tall dude, like Conrad's what got to be at least 
I don't, it's always hard to challenge house because he's the tallest. So does that mean he's six foot? Does that mean he's six four? But like, I don't know. Let's give him six two, six three at least. He picks Troy up to his freaking shoulder height and slams him down. His full body weight on top of Troy. Troy on top of the ball thing going into his chest and stomach with Troy's body weight and Conrad's body weight and all the, you know, the momentum of being slammed from six feet in the air to the ground on top of that. Like he does that the first time and I'm like, God damn. Like, this is insane. I can't believe that just happened. Now, you know, I get the flashbacks to Letarian doing pretty similar thing to an ace uh, or Letarian even trying to do a similar thing to Tyler Duckworth on All-Stars 2. Um, or, you know, just a, to Joss and Derek, uh, Joss throwing Derek around on Vendettas. And then he does it again and again and again. He does the one big one. We get knees to the faces. We get arms being bent the wrong way. And then he does the like three in a row, like not nearly as high, but like he gets on top of him on the ground and just does the like kind of pushes himself up in the air and lands on him again and does it like three, four times in a row, super duper fast. And it's just insane. And Troy, the whole time, knows his strategy. His strategy coming in, he knows it. It's like, I got better grip strength. I'm tougher or I'm going to hope to be tougher and I can take the pain. I can take all the thrashing. I can do it. I can stomach it. It's going to suck, but I'm just going to let him use all the energy and I'm going to be willingly be the kind of ragdoll, you know, fight for position here and there, but like willingly to just be like, do your thing, do your worst. And when I'm holding on at the end of it, you'll be tired and I'll get this thing away from you. And it works out for him. It does. And Conrad's strategy, by the way, isn't wrong. Conrad's strategy of like my path to victory is just, straight up beat Troy to death, like beat him up, slam him down. And there's nothing wrong with his strategy. He does not lose this because his strategy was bad and Troy's was good. It's just, that's the best strategy for both of them to take in this moment. And Troy is able to outlast him. And if I'm Conrad, I'm like, yeah, tip of the cap. I don't know how the hell I slammed you and me on top of that ball, like a dozen times. I kicked you in the face. I rubbed your face in the dirt. We bent each other's arms the wrong way a half a dozen times each, and you just never stopped. And Troy even, iconic moment near the end. I mean, this elimination is way up there, immediately way up there in elimination history. But making it the best it could even be is right at the end, after the kind of like three or four successive slams, Brian, you know, commenting on it. And Troy kind of mutters from at the bottom of this little pile of the two humans, keep him coming. And that that had that was the moment he won. He let it be known. You've done your worst. We've been in here. I'm bleeding everywhere. My face is bleeding, my mouth, my hands, my knees. I, you know, my I might have broken ribs. Who the hell knows? And all of that, and you feel so good, but I can tell you're now really, really freaking tired. Your hands are getting more loose on that ball. And I have the audacity to just be like, keep them coming. Keep doing it. Go ahead. Like, it's not it's not going to change anything. And that's the moment where he wins. And he, he does actually write pretty quickly after he says that Conrad's life just kind of drains out of him. It's a, It takes a lot of energy and a lot of strength to whip a man around a ring and beat the crap out of him and pick him up and throw him down dozens of times. So, yeah, Conrad's tired. His hands slip off. Troy gets the win. He and Brittany get to go on. And Conrad and Brooke B are out right before the final and it's going to be an it's it's going to be an elimination that uh lives is way up there in the history books and uh yeah it's one it's it's the reason it just adds this season has been so amazing and the one thing it was maybe missing was like the all-time you know way up there daily or elimination where you're like the from the sports side of things I'm also I'm going to remember that it had so much on the show side that it's like really hall of fame level stuff i'm gonna remember this 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 and this from this season it was really great and now it adds the last feather in its cap an iconic elimination hats off to conrad and hats off to troy who is absolutely just battered and bruised when this is all over episode nine then ends right where episode 10 will pick up and that is that it's time for the final and i by time for the final i mean they start immediately in what a slap in the face this is to Troy and Brittany, but like with with respect to Troy even more. Like Brittany, it's 
minor bullshit and a minor offense to Brittany. It is a major, major, major offense to Troy. It's like back, you know, I say it's a slap in the face. It's back on cutthroat when they did the fly swatter challenge. Like Brittany gets slapped with one of the first two fly swatters. Troy gets slapped with like the third one. That's like six fly swatters bolted together with like steel around the outside or whatever. Really supposed to hurt. Like it's bullshit for both, but Holy cow. Like Brittany at least got through her, her battle relatively quickly like used a bunch of energy took a little bit of a beating but like it was over pretty fast troy just had the shit kicked out of him and is bleeding from seven different places on his body and now Bryony's like so we're gonna start the final right this very second which also then troy's deficiencies possibly going in or also Brittany, who is partnered with him's deficiencies going right in and ultimately things that everyone who eventually is partnered with them has to deal with the fact that like these two are coming in even worse off than we were. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's tough. And reminds me of, you know, back on all stars two, which I hate to even mention that final, but you know, that was an instance where someone won a physical elimination and then had to start a final immediately Darrell and Janelle. That is right. Those two, were they partnered together when that happened or yeah, I don't, I might, I am. I tried to put that thing out of my memory, so uh, I may be even getting that wrong, but I don't think I am. It was the two of them, and so this has happened before, and it is kind of part of it, and so they've got to deal with it, and they both they both do. They don't really make too big of a fuss about it, which they would have deserved to. The final, it's going to be three stages, but really four. You're partnered with someone for each stage, including the first two, because it's really two stages at the beginning, just one's not timed, and if your partner quits, you quit. So we could possibly get an Enzo style, ruin Desi's chances style, I hate you forever style, one person quits on the other person. Thankfully, we eventually don't, although it does come into play near the very end. And this setup, this format, it's solid. It's, you know, overnight first, then the three stages the next day. It's ultimately not like the bike part is crazy. We're going to talk about each section here in a moment, but like it's not that crazy of a final, um, which is fine, which this is kind of the version I'm, I'm okay with. It still takes a very long time. I mean, their total times in the end are like four and a half hours or something of work, plus the whole overnight sequence, which is untimed, but you have to do it. So it's still brutal. It's still really freaking hard. And uh, they're, they're kind of starting to find a decent middle ground of like how insane do we want to make these. I can only imagine, though, the one for the global championship is going to be absolutely out of control. Like it's going to be three days long. It's going to be silly. It's going to be dumb. But it also might be awesome. So we'll see. Let's hope for the latter. This format, though, does lead to some luck of the draw. They're going to do three stages. You're partnered with each of the three people one time. Could get some luck of the draw. Nothing too... <sighs> I'm about to say nothing too egregious takes place, but in fact, it kind of does. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that, but luck of the draw is a part of this. You're partnered, you swap partners, who you're partnered with when can really, really matter. Many of the elements we see in this day, in this daily challenge, in this final are things from daily challenges or eliminations that we've seen in this show and rider dies in USA. So it does seem like at some point they just decided like, we're really, we're going to build you know, 20 different things. And we're just going to kind of rotate through those series of things, mixing and matching daily final elimination for each season to move them around. Cause we see multiple things in this final that have been a part of a daily or an elimination on another season, uh, you know, USA rider dies. So that's, what's going down. And it all starts with stage zero, the non-stage stage, the non-timed stage, but really they say there's three, there is four stages, the ghost town overnight. The overnight to start the final is very interesting to me. I think it's better than the middle of it. It's better than like make you do something, then do the overnight and then do another full day. I think I actually like this version better. Although again, I don't love the, you just did an elimination. Now you have to come in, but maybe that's just like kind of the penalty for still being on the bottom at the end of the season. And, you know, gives kind of advantage to those who are like politically speaking, riding really high in the house going into a final. So maybe I just talked myself into like, it's actually kind of a nice setup of like elimination straight into the overnight, into the one day final after the overnight. So I could get behind that. So I like this version. I love, love, love that they're the single task. Look, you can alternate sleeping. That's just traditional how it works here. One of you stands, one of you sleeps. We give you actual like solid, you know, blankets, pillow, campsite, whatever. But first you've got to do the puzzle that ruined 
the favorites game a few episodes back that ruined, you know, Ryan and Grant and Emily and Sugar's game back in the the last time they were in this very it seems to be the same abandoned ghost town that they were in before for that daily challenge which was awesome and that we saw Darrell and Veronica and Amber and Chauncey take you know two damn hours or whatever it was with on ride or dies they have to do this little figure eight uh type puzzle put it together love that they made them do that that's just funny and kind of petty and great they all do it they all go eventually kind of all do it around similar time. They all get to go to bed or start the sleeping process around 1.15 in the morning or so and get woken up or have to start the next morning around 7. So they get like five and a half hours worth of alternating on and off. And uh, they, they all seem to split it up pretty evenly. So that's the ghost town. Then we get actual stage one, which they stick with the same partners they had just been in. And so they now been with these particular partners for a daily challenge in Brittany and Troy's case, an elimination, then the puzzle in overnight, and now stage one of the final. So they should be pretty used to each other. And stage one is the most insane of the three stages by a long shot. It's also the one that takes as long as the other two stages combined, which should be noted as far as the total times go. They have to bike 100 kilometers on a stationary bike, and then they have to go to this river do two laps of swimming down this river to get puzzle pieces, come back and put together a big memory puzzle, which is the same memory puzzle we saw in Ride or Dies, the elimination between Laurel and Jack and Colleen and Kim. And let's just start with, it's an insane thing to have to, the first thing you have to do is a hundred kilometer bike, which for those dummies like myself over here in the States who used our dumb system of measurement, 62 miles, hundred kilometers, roughly 62 miles. So 31 miles a piece if you split it up. Very, very smart. The thing they've kind of realized, they did it back on free agents, but then, you know, they've had other times where they actually make people bike the physical distance and like actually like out on an open road on a real bike. Stationary bikes way better because everyone gets to stay there in one location and funny things can happen, such as Kiki cutting off her G-string and going commando the rest of the way. Iconic moment, incredible moment, just absolutely hilarious moment. So you get that type of stuff, everyone there and once, and they can all like see, actually see like when they leave. I like that they ask the updates during it. Like, hey, how far are you? How far are you? And everyone has to kind of say out loud. All that's great. But a hundred, hundred kilometer bike to start the whole thing. That is just going to ruin your legs for the whole rest of the way. It's so brutal. So interesting choice to start. Brutal choice to start in proper in the end, because again, this final as a collective is a touch on the easier side compared to many of you know the ones of recent past. And so I like that they're like, we're going to wear the, you the F out right here from the start, but while you're still in the same collective spot. Then they got to do the river. River's super gross. Algae is just so disgusting. I don't know that it's actually like bad for you or anything, whatever. And I don't think it is at all. I know it's like in some Whatever. I don't know anything about algae other than it looks gross when the whole top of the river is covered in the green algae goo and you got to swim through it. It looks gross. They get the puzzle pieces. They got to do the puzzle, like I said, from Ride or Die Elimination, Laurel and Jack one. And I really like that a lot. I think this is maybe the best memory board that I've seen in the puzzle, in the in the challenge world. Like I really like this memory board, specifically this puzzle. Specifically, they all get it done. And... By the end of this first run, it is Brooke and Troy. Oh, wait, so do I have this wrong? No, I don't. They did switch partners. So Troy and Brittany didn't do all of this straight in a row together. Brooke and Troy, the power duo, the winners of two daily challenge, take the first stage in a time of three hours, two minutes. Kieran and Kiki behind them by nine minutes at 3.11. Connor and Brittany behind them by 11 minutes at 3.13, which was a big deal because Connor and Brittany do the puzzle 13 minutes faster than Troy and Brooke and 28 minutes faster than Kieran and Kiki, catching them up after they really struggled on the bike portion in comparison to the other two teams. So we go into stage two. Brooke and Troy got a little bit of a lead, but it's close. Stage two, they got to run with a plank, and then they got to cross the field with the plank the same way we saw on last episode, two episodes ago on Ride or Dies, part of the daily challenge where they had to cross the field with the plank on top of the three barrels, not touch the ground. Kiki has to walk immediately. And this is the moment where it's like, damn, is Kiki going to have to quit? And if she does, is Troy about to lose because he's partnered with someone who's going to have to quit? Like, holy shit, is this about to happen? And thankfully it doesn't. 
Um, and this is where the moment where Kiki like earns her championship that she's about to have by the end of this recap and by the end of this episode that we're talking about here, she earns her title in this moment. She is beaten down, battered. She, you know, had claimed she needed to go to the hospital, whatever degree bad it really is. It's at least some degree of bad and she's in bad shape and she could give up and she chooses not to. Also, there's clearly a rule that both people have to be holding the board because at no point during this does Troy be like, dude, I got the board. It's just an empty board. Like, I'll carry it by myself. There's no, none of the teams do that at any point. So obviously they're both have to be, you know, they're required to also hold the board, um, which is the thing that like, again, it's not that hard to just tell us the simple rules. But anyways, I digress. They're in last place running because they walk, but they get to the field. And everyone else is struggling to cross the cross the top, uh, you know, use the board to cross the wine barrels. And Kiki and Troy, and specifically Troy, do not struggle. Troy smokes this. He gets to put his ninja abilities to great use here. All of the things needed for this particular thing, the creativity that's needed, the strength that's needed, the dexterity and the core strength that's needed. This is what Troy was built for, and he absolutely smokes everything. And this is where it's got to be said. This, this stage, this part of this stage is where Troy wins the, the whole thing for himself with this. But he also wins it for Kiki um, because we'll come back to it again later. But, like, Kiki gets Troy for this stage, and... Kiki does her thing. She, like, listens to Troy and does everything he asks, but mostly just stays out of the way. Like, Troy does all the work and strategy and everything, which is fine. Um, and, again, luck of the draw. She gets partnered with him. Brooke is partnered with Connor during this, and they both struggle, and they both lose a lot of time because the end results of Stage 2, Troy and Kiki finish in an hour 27, Kieran and Brittany in an hour 42, Connor and Brooke in an hour and 58 minutes. 31-minute difference. And, again, they got to that field uh, probably five to 10 minutes before Troy and Kiki. So then they lost like 35, 40 minutes in that field. Brooke did to Kiki and you know Connor did to Troy. Overall now, after two stages, Troy's up by 25 minutes over Kieran. Kiki is up by 17 minutes over Brittany and 23 minutes over Brooke. So still a race on both sides, but that, that field was where it was really won and lost. And we get to stage three, it's an endurance you know, carry the tires. The tires have names on them, put them in order. The people eliminated a little puzzle and then push a car a hundred meters through a wet grassy field, which looks incredibly difficult. Everyone does the tires. Correct. That's impressive. Uh, I thought someone would get something wrong there. Maybe they didn't. We didn't see it. I don't know, but it seems like everyone does it pretty correctly. There's not really a ton of separation. Kieran and Brooke have a little bit of a lead, but this round comes down to the cars. Pushing that car on fresh legs is a feat doing it now at the end of all of this, when they've been doing this much running, when they did that hundred kilometer bike, when they stood up all night long, um, seems impossible. And it's just damn impressive that they are all able to do it. Cause it seems really, really difficult. I forget how many tons the car were and I didn't do the, you know, the conversion over, but it's super duper heavy. It's very, very difficult, especially through the wet soggy field, both for, to get your feet position in and actually get like traction, but also because the tires sink down, it's just harder to push the whole thing. Kieran beasts it. Kieran really shows out. And, you know, later in the season, he became like, oh, there's like a lot to his physical game here. And he shows it a lot here in the strength side. Shows a lot more than I thought he had because he does this. He makes pretty quick work of this or as quick as you're kind of going to do with something this difficult. It's not like that thing's going to be going 30 miles an hour across that field. I thought he had a chance to win because it seemed like, you know, moving this was going to be really hard for Troy and they definitely edited it to make it look like there was maybe more of a gap and they just got kind of perfect timing because as Kieran finishes, Kieran and Brooke finish this leg, like the sun had just gone down. And so then right, you know, like only a few minutes later, it's significantly darker, but it feels like, oh, like Kieran and Brooke finished and like the light was still kind of out there. Now it's like pitch black. Like, has it been a long time? I don't know. So they got kind of lucky with maybe being able to edit that way. It looks like Troy. Uh, you know, is is going to really struggle. He's the smallest of the three guys pushing the guys, kind of doing a lot of the pushing from the back of the car. It seems like that's going to be really, really tough, but he gets it done. His duo finishes, and then it comes down to Connor and Kiki. They find a way. They get it across the field, but then they're running. Kiki is truly on her last legs of like, please let this be over now. 
and Connor just drops and it's pitch black out and they don't have good lighting. They're just both wearing the headlamps, but otherwise like the path isn't lit up and Kiki's just like, fuck it. Like I can't get him up. I'm just going to run to the finish. She gets to the finish. She collapses. She's distraught. She's like, where is he? He's back there somewhere. Briny says your time doesn't stop. You both have to be here. If he doesn't get here, you're done. And if he does get here, like whenever he does, that's your time. Like it's not over for you, Kiki. And it was a real sense of suspense. Like I was really for legitimately like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like what is going to happen here? I, I didn't know. Thankfully I hadn't had any spoilers. I didn't know who won or anything. So I was like, what is going on? And what a moment for Connor there. This was, this could have been an all time villain moment. There's no, I don't think Connor's that. I think Connor would willingly like in a different situation, be like a villain on this show and be awesome at it. Um, I don't think he's, I think he's a great person from everything we've seen from this season, but I don't think he would do it, but there was a chance. Like he did have to know sitting there, like Kiki was in the lead and they had lost some time in this, but like if he got up and finished Kiki wins. And if he just sat there, then like Kiki would automatically lose and his, you know, best friend that we found out Brooke J would possibly win. And so he's kind of picking the winner there in the end after all of this, which I, I don't know if he actually realizes that in the moment, but like, that's the situation at hand. Almost everyone not named Kiki. Who's, you know, just like my body is shutting down the moment. This is actually over. She, everyone runs back. They find him. He gets up, he runs through, we get the triumphant moment. It's a great moment. I loved it. And then we get to the results and the results are that Troy ends up winning by 20 minutes. So we only lost five minutes pushing the car and not as much as we thought, but good editing job on them. And he was the best player all season. He was the best all the way through the final. He's an awesome champion. I think he has a real shot at winning the global championship. If he can make a couple friends in the house, because when we preview that season, we'll talk about like the U S players have a massive advantage because of the alliances and friends or whatever. But Troy's unbelievable at this. He was the best player through and through. He's a super deserving champion. I'm glad he won. I love Troy. I liked him. He was one of the four people in episode one that I like gave the star to. and was like, I'm in on this guy. He's fun. He seems like he's going to be good at this. He seems like a great person. He, you know, had a clean run as far as that's considered and absolutely dominated and kicked ass and is an awesome champion. And, uh, I think if you throw him on a global championship, if you brought him to a flagship or any any version of the challenge, he's going to be a real, real threat because he's really good at everything that it takes to be really good at the challenge. On the female side, Kiki gets the win. She wins by nine minutes over Brooke. Who, so Brooke made up 14 minutes on the car and again, lost by 31 minutes and really like 35 to 40 minutes on the plank across the field. So yes, to a large degree, partners, you know, who, when you're partnered with who had a big effect on this, but that's part of the challenge. That's part of partner seasons and part of especially recent challenge seasons. So no, you know, that doesn't take anything away from Kiki. It just kind of had to be said, like, I would be a little bummed if I was Brooke, I would be a little upset at the mini algo as Briny likes to call or like to call this one baby algo that they had there picking the teams for each stage. But Kiki gets the win. And Kiki's an icon already. One season icon, boom, done. She's amazing. Freaking love Kiki. I I will, you know, eat crow. I said going into this after the last episodes, I said, no way that Kiki wins. I didn't think, I thought she did not have a chance to win this season, which uh, I was wrong. She did. She kicked butt. She also had some of the best moments of the, the final in the last two episodes. I said that Troy and Brooke J would win. Um, I thought Connor and Brooke B would lose the pole wrestle just to go back to my predictions for the final after last week. So I, I got half right. I got Troy winning and I had Brooke B in the losing side of the pole wrestle. I just had the teams kind of wrong there, how they would end up together a little bit wrong, but shout out to Kiki, man. Incredible performance. She's amazing. I still don't know how extensive her injuries were or how much she just wanted to talk more about them or if like. She should have went to the hospital. Maybe she did go to the hospital when this was all said and done. But like one way or the other, she had real injuries. Anything with your back at all, the smallest thing with your back to the biggest thing with your back, running on it and biking, sitting on a stationary bike on it. My God, standing up all night, like incredible, absolutely incredible. She's a badass. She never quits. 
she kicks some butt. She gets the one, you know, luck of the draw with the right partner at the right time for the one thing that she maybe wouldn't have been as good at. And she got the best possible partner to help her with that portion. Love it. She kicked the ass and she's the best. She, again, she's a one season icon immediately. Like she was so great this season. We'll see on Monday if she takes home the season MVP award, but she'll definitely be in the running for that. I say all that to say, I don't, we'll talk maybe more about this again on Monday too. I don't love her chances of winning the global challenge. Um, I do love her chances of continuing to build, build fans and be beloved and build her resume as an icon of the challenge world. Um, but we'll see. Also, I'll say this now. I am going to do this on Monday for everyone, but Kiki, please, please, please come over to the States or to wherever they film the state flagship version for a season and, uh, you know, hop on the MTV version. You were built for the MTV version of this show. Please, 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 Kiki and some others that we'll talk about on Monday's podcast. Come over, join us in the flagship program. But Troy and Kiki win. That's the end of the episode. Let's hand out a couple quick awards. You know me, you know I love the awards and I can't just skip over giving out some awards for these final two episodes. So we're still gonna do best quote, best moment in episode MVP from these two episodes combined. On the quote front, we had first nominee Troy, quote, my hands are beat up, my face is beat up, my belly is beat up, but surprisingly my strength is still there. I know I've got a lot more to give, end quote. And yeah, He's, I mean, his face, even whatever, multiple days later in the final confessionals that they're filming, he's still got like all the bruises and cuts and stuff on his face. It's, it's gnarly. It's wild. Second nominee, Brittany quote, it looks like Conrad is that character Bowser from Mario Kart. You know, that big angry turtle. At this point, I'm not worried about Troy winning. I'm worried about Troy coming out of this alive. End quote. What a call out to Bowser from Mario. I mean, just perfect. Just, it couldn't have been more perfect love love that and then the third and final one comes from kiki am i gonna lay on this and you're gonna carry me out of here right and then you know Brian, he says something and then continues i really do i've already cut my g-string off threw up the only painkillers that they'll give me so it's getting bleak and that is the moment where she's thinking like do i need to continue with this what's going on and it's just uh, is just kind of a follow-up on the cutting off the G-string thing. And just, it's all great. It's all great. Kiki's so wonderful. But the quote of the week goes to Brittany. The Bowser quote is is really great and really well done. As for the best moment, five nominees here. Uh, first one, right at the beginning of episode nine, the three batchy boys that are left, Kieran, Conrad, and Connor, coming into their bedroom. And all seemingly they had done this before. They like knew they all look at each other and then converge and do a group chef's kiss type handshake thing. It's wonderful. It's cute. It's fun. I like that a lot. Second nominee, Brooke J and Kieran. Um, they are the ones that don't know what a hemisphere is and ask, you know, is Antarctica or they ask what the, the question is, what continent has land in all four hemispheres, which the answer is Africa. And they go with Antarctica and then they ask what a hemisphere is and they say they don't know what a hemisphere is. That That's all very, very fun. Nominee number three, Brittany and Conrad's back and forth over dinner. They kind of have a very fun, positive, good nature. They're friends. They've been in alliance the whole time. There's nothing like nasty about it just a very good fun friends kind of busting each other's chops a little bit back and forth that culminates in Brittany with the you haven't won anything yet either uh to conrad when you know he's talking about oh we're gonna beat you in the elimination and Brittany like bro you haven't won a single thing you haven't won a daily you haven't won an elimination you haven't won a final like don't talk about the money don't talk about anything you haven't won anything yet i just love love the friendly banter back and forth between those two fourth moment the whole elimination between Conrad and Troy, the full body lift of Troy in the air and slamming him to the ground specifically, just holy shit again, was was unbelievable. Uh, so that gets nominated in the fifth and final one. And the winner has to be Kiki. Cutting off the G-string because she's not comfortable and then just going commando the rest of the chat, the final, which I assume, I don't know, maybe between stages they let her like change and put on some new underwear or something under there. But just middle of a hundred kilometer stationary bike ride starting a final out. And she's just like, man, you know, it's really riding up my ass. Like this isn't very comfortable. Like, are, am I allowed? Can someone give me scissors? Is that allowed? Like, will we allow this? And like, of course, thank God producers were like, yes, we will. We, it's, I don't think it's really giving you advantage or anything. Yes. We will let you cut off your underwear and throw them in the air. That's great. So glad they let her do it. That's the moment of these two episodes. As for the episode MVP, Shout out real quick 
to the pink sweater with the yellow flowers on it, which I believe is Connor's sweater. But we now, in this episode, we see Brittany wearing it for some confessionals and for part of a day at one at the house. We see, I believe it's either Kieran or Conrad or both at different points. I know Kieran for sure wear it at certain points of the season, but that sweater has been worn by a bunch of people. It's turned into you know the Fessy's turtleneck situation. Everyone's been wearing it all season long. So shout out to that sweater. It's a lovely sweater and it's getting a lot of use. Top three for the MVP of this episode though, Connor, Troy, Kiki. Kiki's the winner. She's the MVP of this. She was, she made a final entertaining, which is one of the hardest things to do in the world of the challenge is to make the final entertaining from a show perspective and not just like, is it a close race perspective? So she does that. She wins. She's awesome. She's amazing. I love her. She's an icon. She's the MVP of these two episodes with respect to Troy and Connor, who both put up great performances and obviously Troy getting the win himself. That is all for these two episodes. We've covered it all. There's no power rankings to do, no predictions to do because the season is over. So I I was anticipating coming into this podcast doing the recap of both episodes, and then doing season awards right on top of it. That would have been way too long of a podcast, and the season deserves better than that. I already lumped episode recaps together. I ain't lumping the season recap and awards into an episode recap. That just isn't fair for a season that was as good as this one was. So here's what we're going to do. Coming back on Monday, we will do a season recap and awards podcast where we will touch on thoughts on the season at large, thoughts on specifically seasons in other countries and trying to tie all of those together and just the idea of this global tournament, how they're doing things versus just, you know, like in the world of Survivor. There's Survivor Australia, and it's just a long-running show, and they're not mixed together or anything like that. So some thoughts on some general high-level challenge topics, state of the challenge stuff like that. And then we'll hand out awards for best quote, of the season, the Dan Renzi Award winner, the moment of the season, the season MVP, of course. We kind of know the names that are going to be in that, but who will win? We shall see. And then the final thing we'll do is a little yes, no. Do we want them to come to the flagship in the United States and join us there uh, for everyone from this season? And so we'll round it all up. It'll be, you know, a pretty quick as far as season recap podcasts go, but it deserves it. We got to talk about it a little bit more. So we'll be back on Monday to do just that. As for now, again, Survivor fans, head over to Most Likely 2 Podcast Feed. Listen to that finale recap with me and Paige. Come back Wednesday night for Ride or Dies. Hit that follow, subscribe button wherever you are. Turn on automatic downloads. Those things help a lot for me on my side of things. Leave a five-star review and rating if you don't mind. And as always, on Instagram, at Challenge Historian. Hit me up. DMs are open if you want to talk about the Australia season, your thoughts on it. If you want to talk about Ride or Dies, the global championship coming up, as long as you don't bring any spoilers to the table. If you say something more than just you suck, I will respond to your DMs and we can have a great little chat about the challenger. Anything else really love chatting with you, love talking with you. So hit me up there. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you again on Monday. Peace.